I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Bookmakers choking on the chalk. 14 games in the NFL with a field goal or greater line. Those favorites, 14 out of 14. Perfect winning the game. But seven of those losing dogs covered the spread. Sunday night football, Seattle favored by four and a half. Up five, New England with the ball on the goal line in the final seconds. Just like in a movie, we'll lead with it. Historic day here in Las Vegas. Raiders hosting the Saints right down the street. Saints favored by four. Raiders money has bet that number down. We'll be here on the ground reporting on that. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas the Monday after, as we call it, live on 225 FSR stations. What a day, Fez in studio. You look a little tired, Fez. Long weekend? Just burning the midnight oil, going through all the games. Counting your losers in, in, in the oh, NFL? it's a rough week. I tell you, thank God for our Super Contest team. I intervened. But you had me, you got me on that, uh, let's, let's be candid. You got me on that Arizona. We'll be talking about that team. Very good, huh? <laughs> I feel like uh, I definitely got the Arizona game right, yes. Hey, that's all you just say, you know, got that one right. <laughs> that's it. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. He's in L.A. He's not a pro. He's a Joe. He's my favorite Joe, though, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got history being made later on tonight in Las Vegas, the scene of straight out of Vegas. And we've got a busy week, too, as far as injuries go in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? Yeah, I figure SportsCenter is going to lead with, okay, uh, this is just a mile or so from where straight out of Vegas broadcasts every weekday. It's like, all right, love it. But maybe not. But what the lead is, in my opinion, last thing we saw Sunday night, New England, Cam, Seattle, with a let Russell eat mentality, or cook, I think it is. I think it's very telling about both teams, and I think we start there. Yeah, and it was a classic on Sunday Night Football in Seattle. It went down to the wire. The Patriots with an opportunity, two seconds remaining to win the game on the road. Cam Newton gets stopped at the goal line, and it was the Seahawks beating the Patriots 35-30 to last night on Sunday Night Football. In Vegas, you look at the games, and there's two effects of these games. Number one is, what is the practical effect when it comes to the season, playoffs, divisions? For example, 3-3 in a seven-game series, Denver, let's say, against the Clippers. Game seven could have told you a lot of things about Denver, a lot of things about the Clippers, but what it really told you was one team was going to advance and one team wasn't. What we like to do is everyone can get the, oh, okay, New England's one and one, okay, Seattle. But the question is, what did we learn? So, Fez, let's start with the power ratings. 
What did you do with Seattle? Did not move them. So you said what you thought about Seattle net net coming in the game. You thought about the same thing leaving the game. Yes. New England. Did not adjust them, but I was considering upgrading New England despite not covering. And what, did you doze off before you did it? Or, or <laughs> what What was your decision not to? Because my thought would be you got to upgrade them. Yeah, the offense was so good. Cam was so good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Obviously, when you have a bunch of points, the defense wasn't good. Let's start there. But net, net, the expectation for New England with the ball at the end of the game was what? Meaning if there was an eight-quarter game, let's say that game wasn't ending, New England would have kicked the field goal, right? Yes. So they did better than expectation, effectively. Yes. But somehow they don't get upgraded. Well, they're down 12 midway through the fourth quarter. Which makes it amazing that they came back. Yes. See, that's the, that's the thing, is, is it good or bad to be up early? Because if a team gets up really early and the other team fights back the whole game, is that good or bad? Meaning that, that I know it'd be nice to win by 28 and be plus seven all four quarters. I, I, that's the easy assessment. But in general, when do you discount a result? Because it sounded like what you were saying was, well, because they were down by this much in the fourth quarter, it does what? It invalidates? And I'm, I'm asking seriously, what, give me the two or three scenarios that you'll discount a final score because it happened in this order. The backdoor scores, I tend to not give as much credit Backdoor implies, though, the game has been decided. Yes. So the, Was when, any of the New England scores backdoor in that sense? Yes, because they were down. Really? The, the game had been decided. Oh, all right. Uh, so, Chuck, let me just—you can re-answer the question. I, none of them were. Then why would they be invalidated? Just because they did get one of—they almost I, got. We're two not hearing anything yet. Go they ahead. got a late touchdown, down twelve, and Seattle's defense did play a little soft too. Oh, so that was the eye test. Yes. So you watched every game. Mm-hmm. That, you watched every game last night. I did. How could you? I did, went to the NFL Rewind. And, and you sat all. there from the Rewind and watched every one. I went through them all. What does went through mean? I, I, there's 34 minutes. All right, so did you watch all 34 minutes of every game? No. Okay, so how many did you watch? I watched the majority of the game. So half the games you watch on Rewind? Yes. Okay, so when I said all and you said yes, you meant half. I watched part of every game. Oh! Not, all, not you mean, the, every You mean play. you watched the red zone? Yep, yeah, the key. The key yeah, so people who watch the red zone don't say they watched every game. All right, so somehow in this game, though, you did watch it, New England and Seattle. And you said because – and what was the score situation at the time you are discounting the touchdown? How much – It was 35-23 midway All through right, so the 11 quarter. points with eight minutes left. Yeah. And you figure Seattle didn't care if New England scored. Well, they – Let's go to Jonas. Jonas Knox in L.A. Do you discount the last eight minutes of the game? No. No, I thought I thought New England played well, and I thought New England came up with a stop when they needed to come up with a stop, and they had an opportunity to win that game on the road. I come away impressed with New England and impressed with Seattle at the same time. I think that's fair. You know, sometimes less words are better. But I will say this. I guess the question is why not upgrade Seattle? Because it seems like in a weird way, if you discount the New England scoring late, then you have to make Seattle – that's the team that was up 11, right, seven eights through the game. Yes. So why not upgrade them? Because Cam was so good against their defense. Cam was- oh, so now you're figuring it's because of the weak defense that Cam was good. Well, Cam was only supposed to throw for about 235 yards, all right? All right, so the over-under coming into the game. Yes. He went for just under 400, so mm-hmm. he smashed through his expectation. And he didn't have James White. James White was a, a late scratch, and he's an important player to the New England offense that doesn't move the needle, but certainly I would have expected that that would have hurt the offense. And I love So the- that seems like we should upgrade New England. Yes. 
Hmm. That's Steve Fezzik equivocating. I'm R.J. Bow. In reflection, you know, here's what's funny. You can downgrade both teams. You can upgrade both teams. I mean, it's relative to some degree. Uh, I personally think you got to give New England a ton of credit. Uh, and, And maybe this is what we should segue to. Seattle kept throwing the ball, meaning last week they threw the ball a lot versus Atlanta. And there was a speculation, uh-oh, maybe finally Pete Carroll's figured out that if you don't put Russell Wilson in a deficit, if you don't make him always be thrown from behind late, or almost always, he's going to be more efficient. The analytics guys love this. Throwing it more. After Atlanta, I thought it was a canard, as they say, is um, the coach, Seattle, he says, hey, Pete Carroll says, listen, we're going to get back to the running game next week. And I thought, really? Why would he say that after that performance? From what we saw, Fez, uh, it seems like a change in mentality. Seattle will be throwing more early in games and early in the downs than they had in the past. Yeah, so they wound up close to 50-50 last night, runs and passes, but they were very aggressive, Seattle was, in the first half, which was in stark contrast to how they were playing last year. They were throwing it to Metcalf, throwing it to Lockett, two really good wide receivers. And the way to look at these stats when it comes to the split is in a given situation— So it might be not in the fourth quarter and not third or fourth down. So when you have a a choice, first down, you got a choice. Early in the game, you have choice. Now, if you're down 15, you don't have a lot of choice. If you're up 15, you're kind of forced to run more. It's just math, right? In the situation Seattle has had choices, Seattle has been throwing the ball a lot more this year, two games in, than prior years. Absolutely. And as you're looking at that, Jonas, in Los Angeles, does that – it seems like the numbers tell us it benefits Seattle and Russell Wilson. Is that how you see it? Yeah, and I wonder if it's also the development of their wide receivers. Maybe there's a little bit more trust in the fact that you've got DK Metcalf, who went head-to-head with Stephon Gilmore, who might be the best cover corner in the NFL, and he had some really, really good moments against him. So it could just be a trust factor. My biggest concern moving forward with Seattle isn't really on the offense. They have virtually no pass rush. They were second to last in the NFL in sacks a year ago. They're near the bottom again through two weeks this season. And I just wonder if you get a if you get a team that can sit back there and can just pick you apart underneath, if that's going to be the issue for Seattle as they try and move on. And we're going to go over in the next segment some of the key injuries. But I was just listening across the league, but I was just listening to the Fox Sports Radio update, and it seems like Seattle's got banged up. Not marquee players so much, but even banged up more on defense. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's what's the underdeveloped work in the NFL often amongst the media are those non-premier, non-marquee injuries. Because as Fez says very acutely, or I don't say astutely in this case, is if you have cluster injuries, like a second safety out, a second linebacker, it gets bad because you usually got one good, decent, serviceable backup. You go to that second offensive lineman, you got big trouble. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Let's take our break. When we come back, I want to talk a little more about this game, specifically Cam Newton, because what we know is there was a lot of teams that could have had Cam. Remember, we can say Belichick is smart for picking up Cam, and he is smart. He's a genius. But Belichick actually said no to Cam – at a different contract, meaning 
it's almost like concentric circles, as in the first circle was Cam wanted 20 million or whatever a year. Then he said 15. Then he said 10. Finally, he passed by Belichick at probably what, 4 million guarantee or something, that tier above. And they said, nah, maybe next time. Finally, he swung back around at the lowest price possible. And the Pats said, yeah, we'll take you. But they said no, and every other team did the pass before that for just a little more money. How did everyone get it wrong? We'll check on that, and oh, so much more. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the Week 2 action in a busy Sunday in the NFL. And if there's ever a day, Jonas, to talk about the Vegas weather, maybe it will be the day that the first (laughs) NFL game ever in Las Vegas, or even the state of Nevada, happens in just a few hours. We're right down the street. This is a great day to join us. This is the fastest growing channel on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We're so excited about your support. We thank you. And this will be the best football season yet. You have my personal commitment on that. You can listen on those 225 FSR stations right here in Las Vegas. 100 degrees exactly. And the neon is blinking. Injuries, of course, the story in week two. Also, that epic Sunday night game we were discussing between the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, epic is a great word for it. Seattle, 429 yards, 22 first downs. Patriots, 464 yards. So more yards, Faz, on the road. Whew. 29 first down. More first downs on the road. Somehow Seattle covers. But, and I didn't have either side. But New England played, I think it's fair to say, exceeded expectations. A lot of professionals would have upgraded the Patriots. Fez doesn't. Any closing thoughts on that? Just the chemistry Cam had with Edelman was really tremendous. Remember Brady. A reason for an upgrade, perhaps. Yeah, but remember Brady. <laughs> the feeling was Edelman was because of Brady, but Edelman went for 179 yards last night. So now you're staying staunchly in the position, though, that neutral. You can't even think New England's any better because of last night. Neutral, you're saying. I'm neutral. <clears throat> That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Now, if you look at the yards per play, now the NFL average is five and a half yards per play. Seattle gained 7.2. Patriots 6.6. So Patriots over a yard over the NFL average. Seattle over two yards over the NFL average. Per snap, it was all about the offense. Cam QBR 73. Wilson 88. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the MVP odds tomorrow. But Jonas is a aficionado of the media. Collinsworth talking about that Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. The old saying is Yogi Berra style. Oh, no one goes to that restaurant anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> Sometimes you can be so underrated you're overrated. It strikes me that Wilson not receiving any first place votes in his career for MVP, helps him 
because it has the narrative, oh, he's underrated. What do you think? Yeah, it feels like a little bit of a lifetime achievement award. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but that's been the push all offseason. And it was almost like somebody discovered it, and then they tweeted it, and then other people got a hold of it, and they said, oh, my God, you mean to tell me? And now it feels like it, without – I don't know who – if he continues to play well, I don't know who has got a legitimate opportunity to win the MVP from him because it feels like there's more of a push this year to try and get him that award. And all you got to do is look at the year-by-year year amongst former or prior MVPs. Because in theory, if you win one, you think you'd be right in the frame for the next one, meaning everyone's looking at your stats. But statistically, year-to-year, year, if someone wins one year, it decreases the chance of them winning the next year, it seems. Because it's like, oh, that's boring. It goes to the old when Barkley won one and MJ didn't that year. And I think Malone won one and MJ didn't. You know, to some degree, you can't give it to the same guy every year is, is the thought process. I think this is the perfect storm for Russell Wilson to at least get fair attention. And I think things like these narratives are tiebreakers. If one guy's clearly better, you know, but if it's close... It's all about the narrative. Remember, hey. remember, who's voting on this are writers. Exactly. It is a tiebreaker. I love the way you put that. And because Mahomes, because Jackson have their MVPs, now Russell Wilson, he's the favorite to win the MVP. You've seen the early odds? Yes. Yeah. So when we mentioned we talk about it tomorrow, you figure, why don't you read them right now? What, you got the odds? Well. <clears throat> Go ahead, Steve. Russell Hattie. Wilson's plus 330. Okay. Favorite. Who's second? Mahomes. And uh, uh, what's Mahomes? He's four to one. Uh-huh. Jackson's four to one. Okay, now I know you pretty well. You didn't know those odds. Your eyes didn't move from mine, so you're you're going by recollection. I'm going by recollection. So would you bet at five to one <laughs> that you were right on those three? Oh, you want to make the bet? Yeah, I want to bet. I want to bet two hundred one thousand that you're wrong on one of those. Uh oh. You don't want it, do you? I don't want it. So you told the nation, Steve Fezzik told the <laughs> nation odds that you weren't even eighty percent sure of. I just read them, so. Yeah. yeah. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm R.J. Bell. Jonas Knox is in no way associated <laughs> with Steve Fezzik. He, he just sent me a sign. He goes, make sure. Now, that's fair enough. He's right there. So it's Russell Wilson, Lamar, you said, and Mahomes. Yeah. Now, Mahomes is interesting. If you look at his stats, it's kind of hard to say that, that he's having a year even close to his prior two, right? I mean, the team's doing well, but they win in overtime. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? Where you got Mahomes at right now? I would actually have Mahomes behind Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson at this point. I would think so, too. Yeah. And, and behind Russell Wilson, Yes, right? yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Now, Kyler Murray's interesting because he got, he got an MVP push. And remember, Mahomes won in year two. Lamar won in year two. Yep. So hmm. it feels like that guy that emerges – Gets a lot of attention. Now, Russell Wilson might short-circuit that because he's emerging in a way later in his career. That would put Kyler Murray in a great spot for next year in theory, though none of this is determined yet. You remember what Kyler Murray's was, Fez? No. I don't. All right. We actually have a little bit of sound. It was pretty amazing at the end of that Chiefs game because the guy ended up making a 58-yarder. Yeah. But if you look at it, it actually was a, the fourth kick. It was, the, it was the, the way it went down. Yeah, Let's it, listen it, to this, yeah. and Jonas can maybe break it down for us a little bit. Might be the best in the league. Here we go. Hold on. All right. False start. Number seventy-three. How do you feel about a fifty? 
That's the number he's already hit. Here we go. Well, timeout first. It would have been good. Let's watch. The kick. It's good for the win. 58 yards. Harrison Butker for the second time. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it, impressive, and I don't think he's going to get the credit unless you actually break down what happened because he was lining up for a 53-yarder. He made it. Then they called it back because there was a false start on the offense. So they push it back to 58. He makes that one, too. Then they call it back because the Chargers called a timeout at the last mm-hmm. second to try and freeze him. And then he makes the third from 58. So he made over 150 yards worth of field goals in like two minutes, and he only gets credit for one. No no doubt. And it's funny. If he would have missed any of them... <laughs> It would it wouldn't have been as impressive, right. but the idea of boom it doesn't count, boom it doesn't count, and then boom it counts. It's impressive. And he made a 58-yarder end of the third quarter, so he's now there's a three-way tie for longest field goal in the history of the franchise. He has two of the three in the game yesterday. Wow, how'd you know that? <laughs> Watching the game. <laughs> he watched he watched every game yesterday. Yes, That's yes, the Now you said that differently than you said, well um I think I think plus three thirty, and then maybe four to one in that rate. You see the difference in delivery. Yes. That you knew. I don't want to bet you about that one. Now, did that last field goal count in the Fezzik meter, or or not? Is there some reason maybe that doesn't count? You know, I think it, it counts double because I think he could have kicked eight times and made them all. <laughs> See, he can, he'll change anything at any time, Jonas. Don't worry about that. We, we might want to introduce Fez kicker power rankings this year. Oh, my gosh. Well, he'll something. have three of them, and then it's a, <laughs> myth, a mythical after that. Thanks for the homework. <laughs> he missed an extra point, this guy, though, amazingly. Yeah. yeah, that's. I tell you, I wasn't crazy about moving the extra point back because – it makes the games end on key numbers less, less often, 3, 7, 10, just because it's not as uh, consistent with the scoring. But for the enjoyment of the game, which is very secondary to me, to my financial concerns, but for the enjoyment of the game, I think it's made things more exciting. So, um, hmm. real quick, what did you do with the Chargers and Herbert? And, I mean, like, let's say for the next game, because what I'm hearing is Chargers want to go back to Tyrod Taylor Though that was kind of interesting. The news guy at the top of the hour said uh, he missed the game because of an undisclosed injection right before the game. It's like, what? that sounded like, like why Slash missed Guns N' Roses shows back in the 90s, an undisclosed injection before the event. What the heck was going on there? I, I don't know. I actually was wondering this because I just saw the game start and all of a sudden Herbert was out there. And I thought, oh, maybe I missed something. There must have been an injury on the first play only to find out it happened right before kickoff. So was there even enough time for there to be a line adjustment in Vegas to see that line move based on Herbert coming in? I saw it close minus nine. It ticked up half a point. But I, I got to be honest. Well, so, so slow down. If you had known uh, three minutes before – that Herbert was going to start, what would you have done to the spread? One and a half point adjustment. Adjustment to which direction? Favorite. All right, so you would have said that helps Kansas City by a point and a half. Yes. And now watching the game, what would you say? Oh, you watched them all, so we know. I think Herbert played great, and now I'd rate Taylor and Herbert virtually equal. Okay, so you're saying a point and a half upgrade with your expectations on Herbert. Yes. To me, Jonas, if you're playing – here's where the challenge is for an NFL team that's not – competing for a title in a given year. And we don't know for sure, but Chargers aren't thinking Super Bowl. 
if the team, if the veteran is a little bit better, that's the tough time. Because are you willing to trade success now? But the success might not matter all that much, right? If it's going eight and eight instead of six and ten for better play later. I, I get that. It's a tough, you gotta balance it. Taylor, now we're gonna be a little bit better, but Herbert getting his time now helps us next year. But if Herbert's better or equal, why in the heck wouldn't you play the young guy now, Jones? Yeah, and well, it feels like he's got a much higher ceiling. He can do things down the field. His arm's never been in question. He's always had an he's a, he's always had a really strong arm, and he's really really athletic. Um, the fact that he came in and played like that with little to no notice before the game was was impressive. I don't know what that means for the Chiefs' defense, but he did play really well. I also think the other interesting part of this discussion is. You know, Anthony Lynn, the head coach, the thought is, well, you know, when Tyrod's healthy, we're going to go back to Tyrod. If if they have a bad year and say they roll with the rookie and he deals with rookie mistakes and they have, you know, a six win season, there's no guarantees that Anthony Lynn's going to be brought back next year because there were some questions as to whether or not he was going to be brought back mm. this year. So all of a sudden his best interests and the organization's best interests aren't in line. And then I think that's where you have a little bit of the power struggle with what to do. That. Tag that, baby. That's one of the smartest things you've said because you're right. Misaligned interests. And you see it all the time. That's what I think Seattle might be showing us a little bit of with the trade for Adams. Maybe Pete Carroll's got a couple years left in him, almost 70 years old. He's not worried about that first-round pick in four years yeah. or three years. There's all In any business endeavor, if you read Warren Buffett, for example— Misaligned interests are one of the key things he always tried to avoid when he would invest in companies. I think that's a brilliant point. If you're only concerned about this year and keeping your job, you probably want Taylor. But if you're thinking about the next five years, I think you want Herbert. Yes. And I also have to give uh, Bucky Brooks made this point on Fox Sports Radio this weekend in talking about Cam Newton and the Patriots situation. One of the discussions that's being had is, well, you know, can Cam hold up long term if they continue to run him like that? And Bucky pointed out, look, Belichick's not thinking long term. He's not worried about what Cam's future is going to be like. He's worried about this year and what's the best way for them to win games this year. So Belichick's best interest and Cam's best interest long term, they aren't aligned either, which leads me to believe you're going to see more of the same rushing attack from Cam Newton all year. Now, this is very interesting because I agree with you, except – I don't like, or I would say, let's put some nuance on the misalignment here. There's a real chance that Cam could sign a three, four-year deal in New England. Yeah. The theory, I mean, they were paying Brady. Brady might have taken a discount, but they were paying him big, big money. Now, I'm not saying Cam's Brady, but if Cam's willing to take a real, let's say Cam's worth 25 a year based on what he'll do this year. Maybe Belichick pays 23, meaning he'll pay big money. He just doesn't want to pay over or even equal to what the market is. So, yes, if we know for sure Cam's leaving, the more hits he takes this year hurts his value in the future. I agree, Hunter. I just don't know if it's for sure he's leaving. But it's the same thing with a fourth-year running back. That's why these running backs have been so insistent on holding out before year four. They want that deal before that fourth year. And they've all gotten it so far when they held out. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Now, here's the exact quote. Uh, Ian Rappaport said, Taylor inactive due to, quote, complications from a pregame injection. Now, I'm not saying at all that that's nefarious. I don't. Oh, 
Fez is hitting the board. One second. Marijuana, acid, and hashish. What do you mean by that, Steve? You... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. It was weird. Again, that no one's saying anything here. Now, Taylor did have to go to the emergency room, apparently. It was that severe, the chest pains he had. Marijuana, acid, and hashish. We got to take that board away from him. <laughs> I mean, he's, it's weird because I got a big board with, he's got like six buttons. I never know which ones he's going to press. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's get the lawyers in here. Now, we are going to talk about Dallas Cowboys in Atlanta. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, coming up in uh, just, we'll call it about 15 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. We will get into a deep dive in Monday night football here. But uh, he is R.J. Bell, the voice of Vegas. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Yeah, and I think because it's such an important game, historic here in Vegas, we'll do the whole D block on the game. So I'd say even sooner, Jonas, you know, 10 minutes. But maybe even eight, now that I look <laughs> at it. A lot of injuries, Bosa, Barkley. McCaffrey, Drew Locke, and also for Denver, Sutton. Tomorrow, remember, we, we're an hour, 6 to 7, every weekday. We always have at least two hours of show. It's just whatever gets in. And then Feds will get us off on a tangent. We even get less. So tomorrow, jam-packed. Tuesday, Wednesday slows down for some shows. Never slows down here. We were in the middle of COVID. We always had more show than we needed. Let's talk about that Dallas-Atlanta ending ESPN had it as the 11th most unlikely ending to any game this century. 20 years of games. What is there, 256 a year in the regular season, Fez? Mm -hmm. So every four years, 1,000. So 5,000 games. This was the 11th most unlikely ending. Dallas, Atlanta. Let's see. We'll listen to the highlights. Prescott going zone. It's caught for the touchdown. And you know what? Touchdown. Make it three on the day for Dak Prescott. Dallas needs this without timeouts. Zerline, little squibber. It's got to go 10 yards. And the Cowboys have it. Do you believe that? Greg Zerline from 46 to win it. Kick is up, and it is good. The Cowboys have won it. Ooh, 0-2 start averted. <laughs> Observations. Dallas, I, I upgraded. You upgraded Dallas. And here's why. Well, wouldn't we discount all those points after eight minutes? We would, yeah. except for the fact Dallas was minus three in turnovers. And get this, Dallas was 0 for 2 on fake punts as well. So basically, I thought Dallas was always too conservative. They, they have uh, The pendulum has swung the other way for Mike McCarthy. He must have been looking at that film when he was holed up last year without a job saying, I think there's a fake punt here or two, but no. He's got analytics geeks in his ear nonstop. I've never seen that before, two failed punts. Failed fake punts. Yes. Jonas yeah, thoughts. The stat that came out afterwards that when a team scores 39, at least 39 points and has zero turnovers, up until that game, they were 440 and zero. So it really Whoa. was history. I guess on the sidelines, they overheard McCarthy <laughs> saying, so you're saying we have a chance. <laughs> but I tell you this, look at it from the other side. Atlanta, their point total in week one and two to score that many points and start out 0-2? Ooh, ooh. And from what I, the film guys are telling me, it's not a fluke. Atlanta's just that bad on defense. 
Might be an opportunity on the total. All right, let's do this. We'll take our final break, and we got a special D block. Why? Because the first time ever, Super Bowl type stuff. No, this is regular season game in Las Vegas. I personally have a pick on the game. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. We are less than 90 minutes away from the debut of the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas as they host the New Orleans Saints. And right now on pregame.com, it is the Saints, a four-point favorite. Okay, so Fez, we had on the Super Contest two and two so far. You might think, that's not so good. What a miracle that it was even two and two. Your best bet on Wednesday on our podcast, and you can get this podcast, just search RJ Bell, you see it, straight out of Vegas, or the deeper dive, it's called the Dream Preview. On there, your best bet was? Philly. No. Wasn't your your best bet was Minnesota, wasn't it? No, it was Philly. How'd you have Minnesota? So you had Philly and that lost, and then you had Minnesota too? I did. What? What happened? What were you thinking when you – well, let me ask you this. It's more important. <laughs> is when I put the picks in, because I, I get the picks from our sources, Maddie Holt, et cetera, and I – somehow I came with the Colts. Now, I sent you an email. I said, you, you got to be ready. The Colts are the right side. How were you feeling at that point? Terrible. No, but did you think, like, yeah, he's right? Or you're like, no, I know that I'm right. I did not feel like I was right. Hmm. Why You should have maybe sent me an email and said, hey, rest easy, because I was watching that game close. I should have sent you an email. Minnesota's lost a lineman in F-line. Oh, so they lost that one lineman. That changed well, everything, yeah, huh? Yeah, when they lost So how'd you 17. do? What, oh, one of the things we've been doing <laughs> starting last Friday was you're forced to make seven picks a week at minus 103. And on Friday's show, you make all seven unless you have the Monday night game. Well, you had the Monday night game tonight, so we'll talk about that. How'd you do in your games? One and five. Hmm. I don't want to like celebrate, Jonas. Yes, my cash flow is doing just fine. Now, I'll let you buy out of this bat for three thousand. No. <laughs> Dude, I mean, just extrapolate out. How much did you lose this week? Just do the math. Four hundred and vig. Yeah, four hundred and vig. So you save money paying three thousand. I will wind up in the black. You want to double the bet? That'll wind up in the black. Yeah. What we'll do is we go from here on. <laughs> no, let's just throw an extra thousand on it. Is not from here on, but for the season, if you're going to be up, we'll throw an extra dime on it. Oh, silence, uh, silence. All right, let's go a nickel. A nickel. Boom. Done. Now think about this, Jones. I I had the edge. I thought entering last week. You sided with him, if I recall. Uh, well, if I recall. Oh, I actually, I'm the reason that you lost the Washington game. I, <laughs> I, I sided with you on Washington and went against Arizona. Yeah, he did get yeah. that one. That was his yeah. one win. Let's give yeah. him credit on that one. And that was my okay. fault. But now you're down four units and you figure, okay, one less week, <laughs> four units down. I'll bet an extra nickel. 
Yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> who do you, who do you got here tonight? I got the Raiders plus four, and it's all about the Saints being overrated. They look good against the Bucks on the scoreboard. They won that game by 11. However, the Saints were plus three in turnovers, very little offense, less than 300 yards of offense, just a little over four yards per play, well under the NFL average. And Michael Thomas, my most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL, not playing for the Saints. I like the Raiders. We got a little special music for this, Jonas. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. Bright light said it's gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. You notice how, Jones, the, the, the little transition? <laughs> it did. We got the Raiders, and we got Vegas, baby. And let me tell you, as a guy that's lived in town 20-plus years now, this is huge because there was a long time, literally the commissioner of the NFL wouldn't say the name Las Vegas. He would say the city in the desert. It was a way to diminish this city. Wouldn't accept a Super Bowl ad. Literally, we wanted to pay. Oscar Goodman, Merrick Goodman wanted to pay for a Super Bowl ad to promote this great city. They rejected it, the NFL. But, oh, the winds blow a little differently. The money starts flowing in, and all of a sudden, there was a big bear hug for Vegas. Well, we'll take your bear hug, but we know the truth. I, but it's the whole city is excited. You know, the, the Golden Knights... It was something that uh, it was a homegrown kind of thing, and that love there is, is is pretty special. But the NFL is king, and to me, it's an amazing thing. The NFL is in Vegas, so if you had any doubts about gambling and its acceptance, I think today is the culmination of that. I feel great. I also like the Raiders, and Fez. Uh, I'll either win this one or you'll be done another more money. I think it's working out. <laughs> AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your battery solution at AutoZone. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone, if you missed any of today's show, including a best bet on Monday night football, check out the podcast of FoxSportsRadio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports radio. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!